I trust that God will take care of me. That one question right there determines how I think and how I feel about every circumstance that I face. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we have a few questions to ask and a few conversations to have. I am your host, Liv Dooley, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some of the women who inspire me to fall more deeply in love with the Word of God and walk in integrity in new ways every day. I am so grateful that you're here. Let's go on and get to work. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I want to thank you for joining me for a special bonus episode of The Best Kept Secret. For those of you who have been with me for a while, you know how much I love studying the books of 1st and 2nd Samuel. Well, it's in these books that we learn about David and his rise to influence as well as his reign. And if you're not familiar with this, it was King David who penned a lot of the Psalms that we enjoy turning to, to help us find voice for many of our own prayers. You can imagine my excitement when I discovered that someone whom I look up to and had the pleasure of meeting this past summer was coming out with a book on how to see Jesus in the Psalms. I am incredibly grateful that Barb Roos has joined us for a special interview during this Lenten season. Now, Lent is a liturgical holiday. It's a customary practice that some denominations within the Christian religion practice. However, for those who come from more charismatic, spirit-filled backgrounds, you may not be familiar with Lent, and I want you to know that it is perfectly fine regardless of your background. Barb has a few precious things to share with us about how to discover Jesus in the Psalms and grow closer to him in a guilt-free way that is just good for each and every one of us. And I love the message that she shares with us so much, but I did want to point out that regardless of if you practice Lent or not, there are a lot of practices that are associated with Lent that you probably do incorporate into your relationship with the Lord. Lent is ultimately associated with prayer, the reading of scripture, service, and repentance. It's a season where we grow more cognizant of the Lord's sacrifice and just how much we need him. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Barb Bruce. Barb Bruce is a popular speaker and author who is passionate about teaching women to live beautifully strong and courageous in spite of their fears so that they can experience God's great adventure of faith and purpose for their lives. Since 2005, Barb has been speaking to audiences in the U.S. and abroad, including national platforms such as Aspire Women's Events, She Speaks Conference, and the UMC Leadership Institute. She's a Bible teacher who loves following God more than anything else in life, and Barb makes God's Word come alive through powerful teaching, personal stories, and practical next steps. 
Audiences love her authenticity and humor. Writing creative and challenging Bible studies brings Barb great joy. She's the author of multiple Bible studies, including Finding Jesus in the Psalms, Surrendered, Letting Go and Living Like Jesus, I'm Waiting God, Finding Blessing in God's Delays, Joshua, Winning the Worry Battle, and Breakthrough, Finding Freedom in Christ. Now, please help me welcome Barb Ruth to The Best Kept Secret. All right, y'all. I am so excited about this. As y'all know, your girl has been living in between 1st and 2nd Samuel for like six years now. So this book is just a beautiful compliment to my study that I cannot wait to get my hands on. Today we are talking to Barb Roos, and she is the author of the new book, Finding Jesus in the Psalms. Barb, how are you? I am doing so well, Liv. I am so glad that you invited me over so we could have a chit and a chat. Yes, I am. I am just really looking forward to this conversation. My goodness. You know, I, I have so many questions. I have so many questions, but I need to narrow them down. So let's start at the beginning. <laughs> All right, then we'll see how many we can get in. Yes, let's start at the beginning. This is a Lenten book study, but you know, you have shared you didn't grow up practicing Lent. So can you tell me why you wrote this book and what it can provide to those who haven't practiced Lent in the past either? Well, and this is a place where I'm glad we're starting at uh, because Lent is usually in the early part of the year. It's the time leading up to Easter. Uh, the uh, Ash Wednesday is at the end of February. I didn't grow up in that tradition. I grew up in the Black Baptist Church. And yes. so we we didn't do Lent. When I went off to college, it was very shocking. Uh, we would got back from Christmas break. And uh, then a few weeks later, all of my friends were walking around with smudgy marks in the middle of their forehead. And I didn't know if I had missed a meeting or if everybody had like fallen and hit their head on the ground. <laughs> and so uh, it would take me a number of years before I became familiar with the idea of Lent. But really what it it speaks to all of us are that there are certain seasons of time when we all naturally feel like we probably want to reconnect with God. It's just that Lent is more of a formalized system to do that. So writing the book, Finding Jesus in the Psalms, yes, it says that it's about a Lenten journey, but really I wrote the book because I'm passionate about helping people reconnect with God, no matter where they're at in their faith. And this book is an opportunity that helps people do that. I love that so very much. I appreciate the opportunities that we have, whether it be through Advent or through Lent, to slow down and to just really meditate and contemplate on what the Lord has done for us. I think there's a lot of power there. And so I just appreciate how you shared that this book is a resource that people can use to get closer to the Lord. We can't have enough of those. And right. this one is real, particularly real quick special. though, real quick mm -hmm. though, before we move on, can I add one little thing, Liv? Please. Okay. And so I want to say this for any of the listeners out there who 
Uh, they hear live and you know, live is a great woman of God. And, and I love Jesus. But um, if you're listening and right now you're feeling guilty because you don't necessarily feel like you're connected to God and guilt been, and, and guilt has been a part of your Lent experience. Uh, finding Jesus in the Psalms is a guilt-free way to walk through Lent. And by meaning guilt-free, it's very much about tapping into grace and understanding that God wants more for you than from you. So if right now you don't feel super great about your relationship with God, you can embark upon this experience without feeling like somebody's gonna to 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 pile on and give you this long list of things you're not ready to do absolutely y'all god wants to do more for you than he wants from you that is absolutely beautiful you know you have focused on six psalms to feature that point to jesus's life and i need to know how on earth did you choose these particular psalms which is your favorite i mean i just love the book of psalms so i don't even know i don't even know how you were able to narrow this down to just six please tell us about this <laughs> well practically speaking i only had 12 weeks to write the book so i didn't have a lot of time to mess around but when it came down to it, what the dream was, was to be able to paint a picture for people of where the hope of Jesus was peeking out centuries and centuries before Jesus was born. And so I chose Psalms that reflected the words of Jesus that we often saw played out in the New Testament. If you read the New Testament, you think that that's the first time that Jesus has said some of these things. But when you read the Psalms, particularly the writings of King David, I wanted to focus in on some of those spaces that really screamed hope is coming through Jesus Christ. Uh, so one of my very favorite Psalms, and I think others will resonate with this, is I loved writing about Psalm 23. And this was the psalm about the Lord being our shepherd. But uh, I started that chapter with one of my favorite stories. It was a viral video on the internet. Liv, I don't know, did you ever see the video of the lamb that had gotten stuck in a hole and then the, then the young boy pulled the lamb out and it hopped three times and fell back in the hole again? Yes. <laughs> So I, that is what inspired, that was the story that I started the chapter off. And one of the, um, one of the things that made me laugh was online. When you read the comments on the video, when people are making their own personal kind of connection to that, that lamb, uh, like, cause the lamb got free and then it got stuck again. So people were saying things like, uh, this is what getting back to your ex is like, uh, this is what God does for us. Things like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I feel that sheep. That seems like the story of my life. Uh, not everybody is ready to be rescued and uh, hate that I can relate. Uh, and <laughs> so uh, I, I use that story of that little boy trying to free the lamb as we lead into this idea that Jesus is our shepherd. He is the good shepherd. In Psalm 23, David writes about leading the sheep to, to, to green pastures and, and, and letting the sheep rest beside still waters. And Liv, I don't know about you, but for all of the hustle in life, 
don't we need a savior who says, come follow me and I will lead you to a place where you can rest, where you can take a load off. And in the good shepherd, the sheep don't have to figure out what they're going to eat and where they're going to eat and when they're going to eat. It's so Psalm 23 is this powerful reminder that God is always taking care of us and we do not have to wear ourselves out worrying about how we're going to get through life. What do you think about that? I love it. You know, there's a particular translation, the New King James Version that says he makes us lie down. And my goodness, I need to be made. (laughs) I need to be made to lie down. (laughs) Exactly. And there is a whole, I mean, I have a whole discussion around that in the book because we really are addicted to striving and we're addicted to trying to figure things out and make things happen. And when Jesus is talking about that, he is the good shepherd. The idea is that we have to choose to let Jesus lead us. Yes, Jesus, he wants to bring us to a place of rest. He wants us to put near, near the streams. And yet we want to run off looking for all of the drama, making things harder than they, what they need to be. And Jesus is saying, let me lead you. And honey, sit down, sit Mm. down, stop making it so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So we need your help with this because I mean, we have read the bio. You are out there doing all the things. (laughs) And yet we know that you must be able to live this well as the Lord has called you to write about it. Can you help us? Do you have suggestions? How do we stop striving? How do we rest in that place with the Lord as he leads us? How have you learned to do it? Well, and I'm glad you asked that question because it is a practice that takes time. Part of the the impetus of it is what we believe about God. Uh, So I wrote a previous Bible study called Surrendered, Letting Go and Living Like Jesus. And it's all about Jesus in the wilderness and the Israelites in the wilderness. One of my favorite stories is the story when God rolls out manna for the Israelites. And the manna was this food that God would send to them every day. They did not need a minivan to go pick it up. They did not need a house. Nobody needed to cook it. They didn't need money. God was providing that provision each day. And what it occurred to me in my life was, do I trust that God will take care of me? That one question right there determines how I think and how I feel about every circumstance that I face. And so towards the end of that chapter, in Exodus chapter 16, verse 29, God is telling the people to take one day because they had been enslaved for 400 years. Seven days a week, they had been enslaved and he wanted to break the slavery mentality in them. And so in verse 29, he says, don't you realize that Sabbath is a gift to you? So my personal discipline for many years, and I am a, I am a reformed workaholic. I, I am from ministry world. I work six days a week. Before I was in the corporate world, I work seven days a week. I am a high charging, high capacity person, but I've come to believe 
that God has given me the gift of rest. And I do not believe that God wants me to reject that gift. So I take it one day a week. Mm. It is a gift, y'all. It's a gift. Exodus <sighs> Exodus chapter 16, verse 29. God says, do you not realize it is a gift to you? Most of us have been taught that the Sabbath is an idea. It's something that you can fit in. It's something that you get around to when you get a chance, if you don't have other things to do. And God is saying it is a gift. We're always asking God to bless us. And it's the blessing that he's already given to us. So we have to choose to take it. But you've got to believe that God will take care of you before you take the gift. What do you think about that? You have to believe that God will take care of you. I think what you spoke to about the shift that we need to make within our mentality is the most powerful part, you know, because it's easy to disregard a gift when you don't feel the value in it. But when you really recognize who that gift is from and the motivation behind it and how he continues to, you know, move on our behalf even as we're resting then it helps us to accept it i love that i love that you know i would like to ask what is one thing that you are really excited about that you just feel is going to come forth from this book jesus you know in the psalms what is the one thing that you hope for the reader as she gets her hand on this book where you, where well, you, you actually use the word. Um, the word is hope. Uh, mm. Hope is believing that the best is yet to come. That is where many of us are struggling today because what we see in front of us and what we don't see, the realities of the world and the uncertainties of the future, that that's creating a lot of anxiety in everyone. It's also creating a lot of doubt because we don't we don't see God's vision for the future. Finding Jesus in the Psalms is it's one person, one woman, me, uh, who says that back in King David, as he is writing beyond himself into the life of Christ, thousands of years before we live today, God has already cast a vision. And that vision starts with, that God wins, that for everything that you and I are facing today, we do not have to fear tomorrow because God wins. The second is that God is going to take care of us because he is the good shepherd. The third is that we can trust God in our tough places. The Psalms is full of verses about God being close to us. And then the last chapter is on Psalm 22, and it is about Jesus, him being is our savior, that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God because of what Jesus has done for us in eternity. So when a woman experiences finding Jesus in the Psalm, those are going to be all of the takeaways that I want her to store in her heart and carry with her each and every day. Mm. Oh, y'all, God wins. God wins. He is going to take care of us. 
Ah, I love that so much. And I am so, so just excited about this message, y'all, that I am giving away a couple of copies. So make sure that you go on and rate and review this podcast so I can get a copy in your hand because I can't wait to get my hands on it. And I know that this is the resource that we all need. Man, that was absolutely beautiful. For those who are just like, sis, I just want to get the book myself. I just need, I need to know where I can get this book. Please tell us, where can we find this book? Well, that's the best part. Uh, it is available pretty much everywhere where you like to buy books, whether it online, whether it is Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Target, Walmart, christianbook.com is a great partner. My publisher's distributor is Cokesbury, uh, but you can find it anywhere. And if you're just not sure where to start, you can go to barbruce.com. There's a tab there that says Finding Jesus in the Psalms, and I've got links to all of the places where you can purchase the book. And there's also a video teaching session because I am a Bible study author. I love creating environments for people to learn together. So if you're out there, you're listening and you've got a group of people and you want to do a Bible study for Lent, I got a video teaching where I'll hang out with you and walk with you as your guide. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. My goodness. I am going to link everything below. Don't worry. You don't have to go far. But before we let you go, we need to ask you if you would invite us into a few secrets. <laughs> the, way. First, <laughs> the first one is, you know, you shared that you make a practice of just practicing Sabbath. And I want to know, are there any particular routines or rhythms that you really look forward to during that time that help you to slow down? Does it help you to feel excited about your Sabbath? Well, what I want to share is something that helps me kind of get ready for Sabbath. So what I do is I get to the place where there is nothing that is scheduled as an appointment that day. And what I appreciate about that is that my brain gets to take a big, <sighs> and then from that point, I like to create a little bit of space for me to go outside if I can. There, the reason why is uh, Psalm 19 one says that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. There is something about us that when we go outside, it expands our mind beyond the confines of what we have going on. And it helps to stretch our minds back out again to think and seeing God's creation. So that's usually where I like to start. Now, for people who ask logistically, if you've got families and if you've got maybe parents you're taking care of. You do not have to ignore them all day long. Uh, what I what I suggest are things that make any day off enjoyable. Put the meal in the crock pot in the morning. If you were planning to eat out because you eat out a couple of days a week, then go ahead and keep that plan. You do not have to ignore the people in your life. But instead of saying, kids, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Put your shoes on. We got to get here. We've got to get there. Have a day where you and your kids do not have to be under the gun to get anywhere. And instead, play games. Look your kids in the eyes. Instead of feeling the pressure to make them have to clean up their room, and you know all that nagging and fusting that's going to make anybody feel mad, Sabbath, I believe, is God's way 
of protecting our relationships with each other so that when you don't have pressure on your schedule, you actually get to love and care about the people in your life. That goes with whether or not you have kids at home, teenagers, or if you're taking care of maybe older parents, don't have doctor's appointments that day. That's a day where you sit and you listen without pressure and you let your relationships with God and others reconnect. That is beautiful. That is so beautiful. It's definitely a new motivation to, you know, really slow down for sure. It's about protecting those relationships. I've never seen it as that. And that is really refreshing. The let me let me add just a little tidbit as the bigger picture. Um, because I don't want somebody to get the impression and go, well, she's an author and she sits around and reads all day long. Uh, part of what the, the, the really final conviction for me was a decade ago, we had a substantial addiction crisis in our home. Now I was working on staff at my church. I was a teaching pastor at a mega church. The pressure and the stress of everything that I was facing in my marriage with a spouse who had an alcohol addiction, and I was trying to do everything that I could I was exhausted from the stress and the anxiety. And that's when I recognized that I had to trust God one day a week so that my physical body did not deteriorate under the stressful circumstances. Liv, I would not be sitting here today if I would not have began to see. And again, I worked for a church. I was a teaching pastor. If I would not have stopped for Sabbath, I would have absolutely, my body would not have survived the stress of everything that I went through. So I'm hoping that speaks to someone today. If you feel like your life is far too stressful and you can't, and you can't afford it, what have you, I am telling you that God has created this to save your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a rhema word for somebody. I feel that. I want to ask you just one last little secret, and that is what is bringing a smile to your face other than the book launch today? Um, my friends, I I have in I have an incredible community of friends. Right before you and I hopped on for this call. Uh, I had a dear friend who called me out of the blue, lives across town. She's got four kids. Uh, She actually works at my church. And she just said, hey, I'd love to stop by. And uh, it was a a space for her. Um, It was a divine timing, uh, something I'd been praying about that morning. And God used her. Uh, And so I, I have a group of love and support that's around me that is really the hands and feet of Jesus that uh, I am so grateful for that. I, I just, I, I don't even know what, how else to explain it. Just great friends. And then on top of that, hot chocolate. Hey, (laughs) yes, great friends and hot chocolate. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know that you have just truly eased someone's load today and spoken just peace into their lives. And I truly appreciate you for that. Would you please just pray us out? 
Thank you. And and for everyone listening, it has been such an honor to join you all. I'd love to stay connected if uh, folks are online and love to do that. And uh, prayer, that is something I am honored to do. And so God, uh, we stand together as your daughters, as your beloved daughters. And God, we we are asking for you to lead us, God, into the path of your hope and your grace and your peace and your mercy. God, I thank you for just uh, so long ago sending Jesus Christ to be all that we needed and more. God, I thank you for the mercy that we have that uh, we may not always feel like we're getting this life right, but Lord, in you, we always have abundant love, abundant grace, abundant, abundant mercy, and more. And so I pray for my friends who are listening. Uh, I pray, God, for those who are feeling far from you, that they recognize, God, that you are with them and for them, and that ye, that you are just waiting for them to reach out to you. And then for my sisters who've been walking with you for a long time, I pray that their hands remain open to receive the new gifts and the new things that you want to do in their life. And for all of us, God, that we would stand in faith in your promises, God, that you do want more for us than from us. And we're so grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. <sighs> Didn't that conversation just make you want to get into your word? I know I can't wait to just find some time with God to study his word. If this conversation helped you in any way, would you please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible and leave a review? It would truly help others to find this conversation. Now, in between time, I am at Candid Live, and it would be a pleasure to do life with you. I'll talk with you soon. Love you.